Today on episode 471 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we get a chat with our friend Corey Harwell. Corey is the owner and the founder of Carson Kitchen. And in this episode, we get a chat with Corey and find out the motivation of starting Carson Kitchen and then the motivation of bringing Carson Kitchen to downtown Salt Lake City. They have such an amazing menu. We talk about all that in this episode. We get to find out Corey's story. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. But before we do, I obviously think we should introduce ourselves. Obviously. It's <laughs> a great plan. Great idea. I'm Chrissy Hollifield. And I'm Chris Hollifield. And we're married and we co-host together this show, I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Listeners who've been here a lot, thank you so much for returning. And new listeners, you <laughs> might be Thanks for coming wondering. back. <laughs> thanks for giving us a chance. <laughs> uh, new listeners, uh, if you're wondering what this is about... This podcast is all about talking to amazing people who live in and around Salt Lake City, Utah, who are helping develop the city as it is today. It is a cool city with amazing people, and we're here to highlight them. Hey, so like I said in the beginning on this episode, Corey Harwell is joining us in. We're talking all about Carson Kitchen. We're talking about downtown Salt Lake City, the restaurant communities. Uh, we talk about their menu, what motivates them. He was a rad guy. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy oh, it? Oh, I had so much fun talking to him. Uh, I can't wait to meet up with him in person. All right, guys. Here's that conversation with Corey. Enjoy. I kind of even just want to start with you, Corey. I mean, we're recording here and we'll get going with the podcast, but I want to find out what even got you into the restaurant industry. Let's go back a little bit. I mean, were you bussing tables or waiting tables as a as a, as a young youngin or... How far back do I you- was? I was washing dishes at 14 years old, and ironically, was not my first job. My first job was pumping gas at a little tiny gas station in Woodstock, Georgia, uh, at 13, pumping gas and breaking down boxes. Uh, and that didn't last that long. I didn't find a passion for that. Really? Uh, I started Sounds washing like so dishes fun. at a little mom and pop joint, and uh, it's really the only paycheck I've ever known in my life. I was fortunate to find it very early. And so it just, you just kind of continued on working in the food industry. I mean, when did you decide to open up the very first Car- Carson Kitchen? And you opened up the first one in Vegas, right? I did. So we opened uh, six and a half years ago, and it was a really long road to, to get to that. I mean, I worked in pretty much every facet of the restaurant business you could imagine, from fast food to delivery pizzas to, you know, uh, fine dining, casual dining. I, I was a singing waiter on a cruise ship in New York City, a dinner cruise line. Uh, There's not much in this business that I haven't tried my hand at. So moving to Las Vegas 23 years ago, I found myself in the hotel side of our business. I was uh, uh, a suit and tie for a number of years and just got completely burnt out on it. And um, decided I wanted to follow my own thing. I wanted to sing my own song for once. And so December of 2008, I uh, gave away every suit and tie that I owned to Goodwill and uh, decided I was going to wear jeans and, and t-shirts the rest of my time and, and do my own thing. And five years, six years later, Carson Kitchen was born. Uh, there were some other things in between that, but Carson Kitchen was the was the baby that I worked on for all that time. That is so rad. That is so yeah. rad. Now to fast forward just a little bit. So you opened up a new one though in Salt Lake City, right? Do you open that one up? I did. Last summer, if I'm correct. That's what I was told, right? We opened in August. Um, it just, 
it got to the point with the pandemic that staying closed was not beneficial to to anyone. The building that we're in there on uh, on on West 200 South, we it was time to it was time to open up, and and the neighborhood was ready to embrace us, and so we said, you know what? Listen, it's not the ideal time, but but let's do this. Let's introduce who and what we are to to Salt Lake. When were you originally supposed to open? So you were originally supposed to open at a different time than you did, or. or- we were, yeah. So this was a long process. I mean, I signed my lease uh, November of 2018. Oh, wow. Um, so a lot of the permitting-ish process and, you know, we ran into some challenges, some our fault, some in, in dealing uh, with Salt Lake City. Uh, they were, they were, you know, it was a good situation to go through. It was a great learning opportunity for, for us. Uh, but we were supposed to open at the end of 2019 and got delayed into 20. And as we kept getting delayed a little further and further, my restaurant in Atlanta kept getting faster and faster. So we ended up flipping the two and I opened in Atlanta first. And then uh, we took our time and, and tried to open properly instead of trying to rush it there in Salt Lake. So I, I want to get back to Salt Lake City, but I do have a question. So because yep. you did bring up Atlanta. So I know you have three restaurants right now. You got Vegas, Salt Lake City and Atlanta, Georgia. Now, why the, why the heck did you pick? I mean, obviously you live in Vegas, <laughs> but that's an easy get. Right? Why Atlanta? And then Salt so Lake Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta is yeah. where I grew oh, okay. up. I'm a small town, small town, Southern boy. Grew up in Woodstock, Georgia, about 45 minutes north of Atlanta. Um, I really wanted to, to take Carson home. I wanted to, to show off what we had built. Um, you know, we won Restaurant of the Year in 2014 in Las Vegas. Every, every acclaim that there was to give out, we were very fortunate to be recognized with. So I knew I wanted to take it home. And, and then I was trying to find out what cities, what other cities made sense for who and what we were. And uh, about six years ago, um, I was going through to Park City uh, to meet up with some friends and uh, ended up spending some time in Salt Lake City on the way back to the airport. And I just fell in love with the city. I, uh, I knew that was a place that, that I needed to be. And it took me a while to get there. But I love everything that, that Salt Lake is. I think it's an incredible environment for new businesses. I really love the the people there. There's such a um, a really cool counterculture uh, going on in that, and and I think Salt Lake is such a really interesting dichotomy to the rest of the state. And I I just really dig it and and enjoy every every opportunity I have to be there. Now, okay, so you open up one in Vegas, which Vegas is like anything goes. And then you, then you come here to Salt Lake. I mean, you must have you must have ran into some pretty crazy obstacles, though, compared to what you were probably had to deal with in Vegas. I mean, I mean it's just, it's quite a different culture. Liquor laws and yeah. I mean everything. It was uh, it it was an education. I think is is the fun way of putting it. Um, you know, like we made some mistakes, and um, even in the design of the restaurant and the placement of the the pizza oven that we have in there and how we were treating the exhaust and what the city would allow. And it was completely different than the other markets that we were designing for. And so we had to make some adjustments. I think the biggest one obviously is the the liquor laws there. But honestly, I I, I like them. And from a control standpoint, from a from an operational standpoint, a business mindset, um, some of those controls that are in place 
really are wonderful and, and help the cost of the business and allow us to be able to do some other things. See, I love that because that's something you don't hear often. And, you know, we, we do hear how, you know, it's it's more difficult here to deal with kind of the Utah liquor licensing. What what part of it for you felt like it helps you almost protects you a little bit more? What do you like about it that's different? You know, I, I love the listen, I'm, I'm a I enjoy a good cocktail. As um, do I, sir. But I don't want a cocktail that's out of balance. I think your drinks need to be my approach to cocktails is the same as my approach to food. Um, you don't want something that's too salty or too sweet in food. And and you don't want, unless you're a first-time drinker, 21 years old, you're not trying to get drunk off of that first cocktail. So having the portions that 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 your liquor laws there uh, mandate um, is actually beneficial because it allows us to pour a, a really balanced, well-received cocktail without feeling like you have to you know, put three ounces of booze in there for somebody that's complaining it's not strong enough. And so that's the operational side of it, the measurement side of it, uh, we really like. And obviously, that really has its benefits from a cost perspective as well. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, you're not, you're not wasting as much liquor, you're not giving away. Obviously, uh, that's different. I think the biggest challenge for us was getting used to buying from uh, one entity, buying from the state, essentially, um, going and picking up our liquor from a, a state store uh, rather than having a, a litany of vendors deliver it to us. So it was a, a little bit of a different operational task to uh, to get used to. Let's talk about food here. Let's talk about your menu before we get too much further. And because I'm sure a lot of our listeners, including myself, I haven't even had the joy of trying your food yet here. And oh, you gotta come uh, no, I know that, I, that's the first thing that's going to happen. Next. I know, I know, because like, I'm, right when we're I'm done looking recording. at this menu and this is just off the hook, ridiculous looking like, I mean, you got everything from vegan tacos to, uh, gosh, butter burger secret. Wow. Let's talk about it. So what, yeah. so how would you describe your food? It's just like good comfort food. Mm-hmm. And we are, we're modern American comfort food. Um, we are a, a gastro pub. If you're looking for a title to the style of restaurant, um, my philosophy to the food on this restaurant was, uh, one of two things. It was, I either want to reintroduce you to a dish you're already familiar with by modernizing it, recreating it. So, you know, for example, I've, uh, on a previous menu, I took the old shepherd's pie, the old traditional shepherd's pie, and I took all the ingredients from that dish and I did them in an entirely different way. So instead of ground lamb, I made a crepinette or a fancy word for meatball. Um, instead of mashed potatoes on top, I made gnocchi. And all of a sudden, we have an entirely reinvented, reimagined dish with all the same flavors, recognizable ingredients of the dish that you're already familiar with. So that that was one concept of the menu going into this. And there's some dishes on there that we'll talk about that represent that side. The other side of it, and the one that I get really, really excited about, is how do I introduce people to typically fine dining ingredients, the things that they're normally very intimidated or afraid of, whether it be because of price point or whether it be because of how it's normally served, how do I get you to try it? How do I get someone to eat foie gras or caviar or oxtail or rabbit or any number of items? And I'm a believer that if you if you put it in a familiar vehicle, if you'll make it recognizable and comfortable and approachable, 
people are much more willing to try it. Okay, I love this so much because how many times do we go to a restaurant where it's like, oh, I want to try something new. Like but, some rabbit, but you have you your know? favorite comfort food. So you, like you could do both at the same time and then you don't leave disappointed in yourself. At least that's for me. At the end of the day, it gives us a menu that uh, before you even come to the restaurant, most guests at their first visit are going to, they're going to see us online. You know, a lot of people really go and take the time to look at that menu on their phone, even in the Uber on the way to the restaurant, they're looking at the menu. So it gives us a way to have a menu that is interesting to read, that catches your eye long before you even step in the doors of our, of our restaurant. And then you have an amazing brunch menu as well, which actually take note that you guys got best Sunday fun day by City Weekly, I guess. Creative brunch menu, right? And I love the I, brunch menu. I didn't names. know that. That must have been new. No, okay. Well, that's, that's, yeah. I don't know. Surprise. Gosh. Well, surprise. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on your award. But yeah, you guys. I love that. You guys uh, were named Best Sunday Fun Day by City Weekly, which is is our publication here in Salt Lake City. No City Weekly uh, absolutely. for their, for your creative brunch menu, which you have a, such a creative brunch menu. Which you have these chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, oxtail hash. Well, hold on, it's not it's not just a chicken and waffle. Well, okay, that's a mac and cheese waffle. What Ooh. the the entire waffle is made out of macaroni and cheese. Wait. The wa- what? The waffle. That sounds yes, so ma'am. good. I've uh, never had something like that. Yeah. Holy cow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <sighs> okay, we're going to go here for... We're going. <laughs> no, and then I, I like even how you, you have a little bit of uh, a hat tip to uh, Utah here. You got one of your drinks is the Jack Mormon, you know, over here on the I day do. drink. So it's like you, you did try to incorporate a little bit of our local culture into it, which I can appreciate. I, absolutely. It, um, it's funny because we had uh, the original idea was I was going to open up with our version of funeral potatoes because it's something that I'm not Mormon. I did not grow up in the culture, but we had funeral potatoes also. It's not just a, a Mormon thing. And so when I saw that that was such a, a big local uh, uh, item, that that was something we created a version of using a local beer um, so we made a beer cheese in the funeral potatoes. And unfortunately, because we were so delayed in getting open, we had already changed the menu a couple times. So now I'm going to have to bring it back uh, to to introduce it. When you bring it back, can you also introduce like a, a jello shot? Because that's the other food that that as as an LDS girl growing up, I knew we claimed. You got jello I, uh, and you got I absolutely potatoes. will. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because one of my chefs, Amanda, who um, here in Vegas, she she handles a lot of the creation of our desserts. And uh, one of the desserts we've been discussing and now starting to play with is taking an old B-52 or, a, you know, one of those layered shots, an Irish car bomb shot and doing it, an adult version of it on our dessert menu as jello. So we're we're already working on something for you, Chrissy, and I didn't even know you were a fan. Oh, oh I'm gonna, that. It's like yeah, I'm there your so mind. fast. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's now. Do you ever get out in the kitchen and do any any of the cooking or anything, Corey? Or are you all the business side? I do. Yeah. No. I um, the the first menu for Carson Kitchen. Um, you know, I wrote every recipe on that and and worked. Obviously, I had some chefs that were very helpful. Um, in that, in finalizing those initial dishes. But 
I'm still very hands-on. I, I don't get in the kitchens and cook on a regular basis anymore other than uh, when we're redoing the menus. So like right now, just yesterday, I sat down with two of my chefs and we started discussing about what our next menu changes are going to be. We change our menu three times a year. So every four months, we're rolling out a semi-seasonal menu. It's difficult to do four seasons in Vegas. We don't really have four. We have two seasons. Um, so we decided we would do three. And, and it's worked out really well. So there's there's 30 items on the on the food side of the menu. And, and we change anywhere from 10 to 15 of those every time we do a menu change. And obviously, some of the standards, the, the bacon jam, the crispy chicken skins, the things that we're known for, those stay on every single menu. But we do have a lot of fun and, and embrace quite a bit of changes and different ingredients uh, throughout the year. All right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes now and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. You know what, Chrissy, just the other day I was talking to somebody and they still did not realize that marijuana is legal now in Utah and utahmarijuana.org, they're going to help you out. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD and THC. Shout out to my co-host of my other podcast I do. Hopefully you're all listening to that. Utah in the Weeds. I do that with Tim Pickett, the man behind utahmarijuana.org. Utahmarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they make getting your medical card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. And with over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And I know because I went through the process this year and they are absolutely incredible. They helped me with so much that I never would have found on my own. I cannot recommend them more. And right now they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Yeah, take advantage of that promo code, seriously. And if you're in the West Valley City area, check this out because they have a location just for you, located at 3615 West, 1987 South, Building 8, right in West Valley City. So depending on where you're at in the valley, they have a location for you. Go to utahmarijuana.org, check out all their locations. They got great blog articles there on the website where you can learn all about it. They got the podcast there to listen to. Isn't it time that you took control of your own health? utahmarijuana.org, feel better. Now, what about you? What is a favorite menu item of yours? Like, or You know, it, I vacillate quite a bit uh, between what my favorite uh, dish is. It, it changes uh, all the time. I will say that the dish that I'm probably most proud of are the ch- crispy chicken skins. Um, I love the story behind it. When I was a kid, having my mother and grandmother be really known for the fried chicken that they made, I, I was the little pudgy kid that would get in trouble sneaking into the kitchen before lunch was really ready after church on Sunday. And I'm ripping skin off of the chicken and just eating it by itself. And, you know, they're yelling at me across the kitchen. And so I I decided six, you know, six and a half, almost seven years ago, when we opened the first Carson kitchen, that I was going to serve nothing but 
that wonderful succulent skin of the chicken. So I contacted a chicken purveyor in Arkansas, Crystal Lake Farms that we were using. And I asked him, I said, you know, what are you doing? You, your number one seller is has got to be boneless, skinless chicken breast. I mean, that's that's what everyone eats. It's got to be the biggest selling thing from the chicken. What what do you do with the skin? And he said, well, we just, we discard it. And I'm like, well, I want to buy the skin from you. So we started buying cases of, of the skin and they sent me the first box of this and it's 40 pounds of nothing but skin. That's awesome. uh, and it took wow. me that entire box to get the technique right for this single dish. And it seems like such a simple dish for people. They look at it and it's just this nice little basket of crispy chicken skins, very similar to like a chicharron or a pork rind. And, and so they think it's a very simple dish. And what they don't realize, you know, we, we brine those skins overnight. We boil them in the brine. They're laid out and dehydrated. Uh, and then they're they're fried. So this is literally a two day process. You can't just go to, make them in the back create real quick. this dish. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So wow. I'm very proud of how that what it took to to get that dish final, um, because it was one of those where it, we couldn't get it right. And like I said, 40 pounds of skin is a lot of skin. It's a lot so of we went through so many bad versions of it an improper technique before we found the the right technique that that worked for it. And so yeah, at the end of it, you look at those and because it was such a challenge, it becomes a favorite as a result. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like just the the pride factor, like you did it. Yeah, I'm not going to let this beat me. <laughs> exactly. Did your mom like pass down any tips or tricks for you with that? Or like, did you kind of take any of her recipes and tweak them? Or is it just kind of inspired by? Yeah, it's inspired by, obviously, there's some similar um, style in the flavorings uh, of both the brine and in the dredge for our chicken. Um, of the skins, it's a little bit different because we don't dredge those in flour, but the the brine on them and then the seasoning that I put on them, I created a, our own special house blend seasoning that we call Killer Spice. And, uh, and that is very much inspired by some of the flavors of my childhood. I will say there's some things on the menu that are absolutely directly from my mom. When I was a kid, anytime we had a dinner party, mom was known for a couple things. And one of them was her cream cheese stuffed pears for dessert. Those are great. I have not recreated those yet. But the, the one thing for my appetizer, she would put out just basic raw crudite, which there was nothing to it. It was nothing special. But she had a little bowl of red pepper jelly and a little bowl of green pepper jelly and some soft cream cheese. And you would dip that broccoli or cauliflower into the jelly and into the cream cheese. And it's a flavor that I will forever equate to my childhood. And so we do a tempura green bean on the menu which is basically like a green bean French fry. Oh, yeah. Um, and that we make our own red pepper jelly um, and do a red pepper jelly cream cheese that that gets dipped in. And it is just spectacular. I absolutely have to try that. I, Fried green beans are one of my favorite things. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yum. You're going to love it. And I'm back in Salt Lake next week, Monday and Tuesday night. I'm there. It's a quick trip for me this time. But if you two are available, come. We'll have dinner and we can we can talk about all these dishes right there in person. 
and it'll still be fresh in your mind. I love it. Yeah, that I would be really it. fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, do you see yourself opening up more Carson kitchens around the U.S., around the world? I mean, or are you just kind of having fun right now? You know, I, uh, the, the quick and short answer is yes. I think we're going to take this year to regroup. Uh, we, we still have uh, a lot of work to do to, to recover from the impacts of the pandemic. And, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we opened two restaurants in 2020, um, which is uh, not advisable <laughs> to, to be in the middle of, uh, of a hundred year pandemic and, and opening two brand new businesses. So I think we need to concentrate on, on getting our footing and making sure that not only are we putting our best foot forward from a food and beverage perspective, but that we're really um, uh, submerging ourselves and becoming a really good member and part of the communities that we operate within. Uh, that's very important to us. And um, as we do that, then I'll continue to identify other uh, markets that may make sense for, for what we are. And, you know, I've got a couple things in mind. So I would imagine in 22 and 23, you'll see a couple more Carson Kitchens out there somewhere. And what advice would you give somebody that maybe is listening that wants to start a business? Let's say not even necessarily a restaurant, but maybe a restaurant. Do you have like one or two pieces of advice, tips? It's such a great question. And and I mean, we could probably spend an entire podcast just on, yeah. on that alone. I think, I think the biggest piece of advice for anyone out there is whatever amount of money you think you need you need to add another 20 or 30% to it. Because the biggest problem I've encountered in my own business failings and in ones that I've witnessed firsthand and secondhand uh, is undercapitalization. It's people going in, they just don't have deep enough pockets to withstand any type of storm. We're very fortunate that we had such a successful launch and run in Las Vegas that opening to in 2020, we were able to withstand this and still be standing today and ready to come out and, and standing on top. And so many businesses weren't so fortunate. And, and a lot of that goes into how much do you open your doors with and, and make sure you're capitalized. That's my biggest advice. Some good advice. It really is. Cause I think a lot of people see jumping off on your own as a, as a way to, uh, make money, but they don't consider all the factors that could possibly be involved that you're not used to when you haven't started something. Yeah. And a lot more stress, <laughs> a lot more anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many surprises. I mean, uh, there's just being an entrepreneur is probably the, the most fulfilling thing outside of, you know, my wife and my daughter, uh, my family, but it is a thrilling, fulfilling part of my life but it is absolutely frightening as well. And um, some people are not ready for that type of uh, fear and uh, responsibility and, and uh, frankly, burden. What do you do on those days that you don't feel motivated to keep going though? Like, cause I'm sure you have to, right? Cause you got a business to keep running. Yeah. You got to get out of bed. Yeah, it's, it's not an option to be like, yeah. I'm going to sleep in today. So what do you do, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, listen, I'm going to be 50 uh, next month. Um, so sleeping in is not an option anymore anyway. I, uh, I'm, I'm up four or five o'clock in the morning now. It's crazy. Uh, the older I get, the more I become my parents. Um, 
but yeah, you know, it, uh, checking out just, it, it isn't an option. And, and honestly, it doesn't even cross my mind. And, and I think that's when you really know that, that this life is for you. Yeah. You know, if, if you have those kind of thoughts, uh, entrepreneurship is not for you and that's okay. There's, there is nothing wrong with having a wonderful career and a wonderful job and, and cashing some paychecks and the comfort and the safety uh, of that. And I would advise most people to really look deeply to determine whether or not this is the lifestyle that you want, because it is not all green grass. And unfortunately, there's a lot of families harmed by decisions that have been made that uh, quite possibly shouldn't have been. That is some good advice because a lot of times people don't really hear the real side of things, right? They say, oh, that just sounds so fun, right? You just stay home all day. and Or like all the free food you want <laughs> that you already paid for. But yeah, yeah I mean, but it, and, and I, I hate to be a buzzkill. I feel like I've been such a buzzkill about entrepreneurship lately. No. But I'm just like, I love, I just want to basically tip a hat to you guys. I mean, it's just so much work. And it's amazing because then you bring us things like Carson Kitchen. And we get to go have yummy food. So I'm on board. You know, the, the funny part is, is I, I, I don't disagree with you. Yes, it's a lot of work. I look now that I have been away from corporate America for 12 years. I don't know how I ever did the other. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm actually upset it took me so long to finally have the chutzpah to be able to actually take that step. Because honestly, I... I'm a much better business owner than I am an employee. <laughs> so I, uh, I I would not be a very good employee for anyone today for a multitude of reasons. But yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the encouraging thing for people is to get out there, get into uh, the business world, whatever you're passionate about. Um, hopefully you can, and I tell my daughter this, hopefully you're able to find what you love, find what you're passionate about, find what makes your voice increase. What excites you a little bit, makes you a little more animated when you talk, and then figure out how to make money at it. That is good advice. Let's find out a little bit about Corey here, man. Let's find out a little bit about you when you're not doing all these restaurant stuff. Like, what are some of your other hobbies and interests? Are you out hitting up the casinos and stuff out there in Vegas? Or, or what are you... <laughs> You know, I'm not I'm not opposed to playing a game of chance here and there if I've got friends in town. It's it's not my go to thing. I uh, I love being outdoors. Primarily, I, I'm a, I'm a very avid golfer. To me, it accomplishes a couple things. It um, it gets me out in uh, I think a beautiful setting in the middle of green grass and there's water in certain areas and. So I, I really enjoy that opportunity of getting outside and, and, and having that. But secondly, it's the antithesis of every other part of my day. Every other part of my day is going and doing and making fast decisions. And in golf, I have to slow down and I can't overthink it. I have to simplify things. I, I can have one swing thought, maybe two. Um, and it kind of forces me to... Uh, become a little more centered or grounded. And uh, so I'd say outside of, of work and my family that, I mean, that's my big hobby or, or passion. So if anyone out there in Salt Lake wants to uh, grab a round, you just let me know. I'll, I'll bring my clubs up with me and we'll go. Do you hit up the golf courses up here in Salt Lake? I have not yet. Uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, every trip that I have made was always work centered. And now that we're open and my team is comfortable 
now I'm starting to find myself having a little bit more time to, to get back to enjoying the city that I fell in love with. And this last trip, I've got a, a, a really dear friend of mine that just opened up a butcher shop, the first butcher shop in Park City. And so oh, wow. you actually, you should meet John. He's going to be a wonderful guest of yours. But anyway, okay. going back, my last trip there a couple weeks ago, I was actually able to take the time and go spend the day up in Park City and see him. And um, so I'm starting to find that free time again and, and a little more balance, which I really like. So, you know, to answer your question, I haven't yet, but I will be. As soon as the weather turns, you'll see me... Uh, on those Salt Lake courses. Cool, cool. I was just curious, you know, any recommendations? Because I know zero about, nothing about golfing. I don't know any good courses. I know there's, I could tell you where one course is, but I know the address system here. Does the address system here kind of throw you off a little bit? All the numbers and the grid? And- it still takes me forever to try <laughs> to figure out what I'm saying. And, 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 and again, the shorthand, the local lingo, I mean, I keep wanting to say we're on West 200 South and I forget that it's just second South, just say second South. Um, so I'm still getting used to it. I actually like it. And, and, uh, you know, grid systems, I lived in New York city for a while. So numbered streets and grid systems make sense to me. Uh, I know once somebody actually takes the time to really learn it and embrace it, it becomes incredibly easy. You're right, though. The the uh, the nicknames that we give the streets has got to be the hardest part of like visiting here. That's what we all say different off. words. Yeah. Well, even yeah. when people say second south or or you yeah, know. second, you're like, is that two thousand? Is yeah. that twenty thousand? Is right. that <laughs> yep? And yeah. and way back in the day, a few years, but gosh, it's been probably six years. I used to uh, do some Uber driving, you know, for some extra cash. And when people would come out of town, they would put the wrong addresses in the in the map system. And so we would, you know, I'd I get lost and, and oh, yeah. uh, they would get frustrated and be frustrated yeah. with me. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm, you know, I'm trying to help you out here. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yep. so, so normally, Corey, on the podcast, we'll ask people like, hey, if you have family and friends visiting Salt Lake, where do you take them to? But I was wondering, do you have any favorite spots that you like? You mentioned Park City. I mean. What do you like to do up there when you come to town? Like a visitor's take on Salt Lake and surrounding well, areas. So I, down in, in, in Salt Lake, there's some just wonderful, wonderful restaurants. I mean, I, when my wife comes with me, you know, we're over on, on Maine and going to Whitehorse and we're going to, you know, I, we, so we, we do all the same things that everyone else sure. does. I mean, I, I keep a pretty small neighborhood only because it's, it's different right now. I don't, I don't share a residence there yet, although I am looking. So when I'm there, I'm at the Marriott, which is right next door to yeah. to, to the restaurant. So um, you know, my circle is a little smaller now than it than it will be moving forward. But you know, we're still pretty new. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just curious, you know, because I figured, well, you know, I have to ask this question a little bit different, you know. And sure. I mean, would you? I also ask, like, would would somebody change anything about Salt Lake City? And I know that's kind of a tough question for you, but is there anything that you mentioned you're okay with the liquor laws? I mean, I'd like to state that he already did improve Salt Lake City by bringing his restaurant here. So you already like fixed one thing that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of a tough, impossible question for you. Actually. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll delete Well, you all never know. <sighs> yeah. I don't know that there's anything that I would, I would change. I mean, I haven't encountered, honestly, and this is not just a, oh, Salt Lake love me. I, I haven't encountered anything that I don't like about the city. Um, obviously, I think that the the city itself could probably uh, maybe focus a little bit more effort on some of the homeless 
uh, in downtown area. We have quite a bit that are around the restaurant and, and just in that neighborhood. So I'd love to to maybe see a little a little more focus from from the city on on helping uh, in that situation. But um, uh, from the city perspective, I absolutely love it. I mean, you get you know you get a little closer to four full seasons, um, which I like. Uh, I say closer because it's not exactly there, but I really love, I mean, even though you get nice and warm in the summer like we do, it's still, there's such a, a, a dramatic difference when the sun goes down um, that I absolutely love. I mean, it's one of my problems. I'm 23 years in Vegas and I hate that it's still 100 degrees, 110 at midnight. Like it doesn't, there's no relinquishing it. it there's no pause from it. And uh, so I absolutely love that even in the heart of winter, it's a, or in the heart of summer at 105 degrees, walking down the road during the day, when that sun sets, though, it it's a nice, comfortable temperature. And um, that's really nice. I will give one shout out to one of my favorite places. It took me a second because I, I, being on the podcast, I drew a blank for a minute there. Yeah. But I absolutely love Caputo's Market. I love the sandwiches. I love the selections of the specialty ingredients. We buy a lot of our uh, bitters and mixers for the bar from the market there. So uh, a little shout out to Caputo's. I think they do a great job. And I will say this. I love your Harmon's grocery stores in Salt Lake. We don't have near the same grocery shopping experience in either Atlanta or in Las Vegas uh, Harmon's does a damn good job. Now you mentioned Caputo's. If you haven't had the opportunity, Corey, you should go back and listen episode 370 of, of this podcast. I am Salt Lake. We had Tony Caputo on. He's the guy who started ah. it. And so you can kind of, uh, hear the story of how Caputo started and how his son kind of took over now and everything, you know? So it's pretty cool. I will. I absolutely will do that. Yeah, because I I love I love them. Love that yeah, store. I'm yeah. there literally every time I come to town. I'm there at least once. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, before we wrap up here, I mean, it's there. I mean, first of all, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I mean, I know you're you're probably super busy, but hey, this is a great opportunity for the people in Salt Lake to find out about uh, your restaurant. I really appreciate you guys um, having me. It's uh, it's an absolute blast. I. Uh, it was kind of cool, not only to just be on it, but to be able to be exposed to to what you guys do. And as as we talked about earlier today, I listened to a few episodes, and now I can't wait to go back. I know, gosh, there's what 469 at this point, so it's probably going to take me a while to catch up. But I can't wait to go back and cherry pick uh, a lot of those that uh, that look really interesting. Well, cool. We'll have oh, fun, and, and uh, you know, if you ever if you ever run into anybody too. As you continue to spend time here in Salt Lake and you meet cool people like you recommended, John, if you ever have any recommendations, send them my way. I definitely will. And and seriously, come come have dinner with me either Monday or Tuesday when I'm in town this coming week. I'll have to, we'll have to look at the calendar. But yeah. In, 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 See if you can. And, and, and if not, Katie and the team have my travel schedule. I'm back again on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd okay. uh, of March. So maybe we can set it up then. But I would love for you to come and try what we talked about because uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Very cool. And then awesome. uh, I don't know if you know your address by heart, but it's 241 West, 200 South. So I have it opened up here. Yep. And then I'll put the link for your website, carsonkitchen.com at iamsaltlake.com with this episode as well. So people can go there, check out the menu. Awesome. 
uh, check it out. And I mean, it looks like you do uh, delivery too. So if people do DoorDash or Uber we Eats do. or any of that good stuff. We're on all the apps. Uh, we actually do the room service at the AC Marriott right next door as well. Um, so yeah, come check us out. Do okay, that. that sounds like a good staycation. Just go hit the Marriott, yeah, order food from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do that? Yeah, I'm planning a date right now. I, I, I love it. I, I like it. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to talk about before we, we close the mics down here, Corey? Go Jazz. Go Jazz. And uh, Chrissy has a final question. I'm going to let her ask ask you, Corey, and thank you again for doing the podcast. And, you know, let's catch up down the road. Let's, uh, well, we're going to catch up when we'll we come it. and get food there. So. Exactly. It really was so much fun to talk to you. I love hearing your whole story. Uh, before we let you go, would you leave everybody with either a life motto or a piece of advice that you live by? Yeah, there's probably a few. The first one that comes to mind is this is not a dress rehearsal. You get one chance at this whole thing. So make your best, make your best life. Thanks again to Corey Harwell for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website, which can be found at IamSaltLake.com slash 471. That's for episode 471. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. But before we wrap this up, I do want to mention that there are a couple of ways you can support the podcast. Uh, First of all, you can leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. This costs you nothing, but it helps kind of, uh, you know, give your uh, vow to the podcast. Says, hey, you know what? This is what I think of the podcast. I love it. So your five-star review helps take the podcast to levels that we have not seen yet. And you can become a Patreon supporter if you would like to do that. It's easy to do that. Go to patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake. You can become a supporter for as little as $1. That's like less than uh, Diet Coke or something like that, right? <laughs> At this point, $1 is less than anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can support this very podcast you're listening to. And on that note, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city this week, especially this week. Support local. And we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy. <laughs>